This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time now for the Bob Melvin Show, presented by Nest Bedding. The three-time manager of the year sits down with Chris Townsend, exclusively on A's Cast. Visit nestbedding.com today. Here now is Chris Townsend. Well, it's now time for the Bob Melvin Show here on A's Cast as Bob comes to us from Houston, Texas. Bob, we always appreciate you taking the time. And, of course, the Bob Melvin Show is brought to you by nestbedding.com. That's nestbedding.com. Love where you sleep. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing good. Looking forward to uh, get, getting on with another game today after last night. Yeah, it's kind of been uh, – it's tough because you had that really grueling series in Minnesota where that was like a, a heavyweight prize fight. It felt like postseason baseball. And you play those really tough four games, and then here come the Houston Astros at home. Do you think your team was just a little mentally fried after the twin series? Uh, yes and no, and, and, and that's, that's a good observation, and I knew that going in, that when we went and played the Twins, you, you expand a lot of energy, and, and you use your bullpen a lot. Uh, it's a team that hits a lot of home runs and scores a lot of runs, and you know you're going to have to use some, use some guys, and on top of that, it's a four-game series, and they all were close games, and it just takes a little bit out of you. It's almost like we took a bunch of body blows, and here we have to come play the, the Astros right after that, so just the way the game is, just the way the schedule is sometimes. And, uh, you know, I don't know that it benefited us, yet we move on to today. And I think about the game against the Astros where you gave up 11 runs and you gave up a ton of runs early. And just the reality is, Bob, they're a really good team. They have a, you, you guys are a really good team. They're a really good team. Just talk about the talent that the Astros have. No, they do. And, you, and you, I, I think they have the best roster. And I'm not talking about any – you know, our team, and I think the teams that we play, they have the best roster up and down. They have the best bullpen. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're all righties, but they have righties and get lefties out. They certainly have some big-name starters that get your attention, and then they have a lineup that's pretty relentless. And, um, you know, you, you, you add a guy like Alvarez to, the, to their lineup, and it almost doesn't seem fair, but, uh, you know, it's a team that scores a lot of runs, and they have great pitching, so they're, they're a handful. I've always wondered – as a manager, you've got to think about so many different things. And when the game starts to be a blowout, how much does it go through your mind where you start have to making decisions, not just about the game in front of you, but you have to start thinking about the next couple days? Right. And you know what? It, it, last night actually ended up being an easy one. It's not, it's not great to see us get beaten. Our fans don't want to see us get blown out early in the game, but it did allow us to rest some guys that have been playing a lot and went through a hard four game series. So, you know, when you're, when you're down 11 runs after three innings, that the outcome is, you know, is pretty much there for you. Uh, you know, it, it's easier to digest a game like that than it is, a, you know, going down to the last pitch of a game and losing. So, you know, we were able to rest some guys and, 
then, you know, you add a little levity at the end with, with Martini in the game, and then it's just a little bit easier to move on to the next day. So uh, that's a good question. And, you know, we, we were thinking about days ahead where our bullpen was so taxed. We were only going to have limited guys yesterday on the plus side of it and maybe a little bit of a benefit that we didn't have to use those guys. You know, one thing that, that has really changed in the game, and years ago we got taught a four-seam fastball and a two-seam fastball that had a lot more movement. And over the years, people really got away from the straight four-seam fastball. But now it seems to be back in vogue. And we saw Garrett Cole last night, and right now he's trending with his four-seam fastball and strikeouts to be one of the top years ever in the history of baseball. Can you talk about how that pitch, the straight four-seam fastball up in the zone has really come back into baseball well it has and the the strike zone has moved up so it's no longer bottom of the knee and when I played a lot of times even lower than that and if you ever want to speed games up that's all you have to do is start calling that low strike again Um, but the strike zone has moved up so if you throw 95 plus and you throw the ball and know exactly where the top of the strike zone is it's almost impossible to get to guy like Cole you really just have to try to take it and get him to come down in the zone. Hopefully the umpire's not giving it to him up there. Uh, when you throw that hard and you know where it is, it's very difficult to deal with a guy like that. So you're exactly right. You know, you're looking at spin rates now and on the fastball, and if it's up in the zone at a high velocity, it's really difficult to deal with, and you see a lot of guys going to that now. And a guy that's been fantastic for you who likes to pitch up in the zone is Mike Fires. He hasn't lost since May 1st in Boston. Just talk about what this veteran has done for not only you every five days, but also from a leadership role with the staff. Absolutely. And with Frankie Montas going down, you, you need somebody like him, a veteran guy to lead the way. And, you know, you talk about him pitching at the top of the zone, and he does, but he does it with 90 miles an hour. So he's got some late life to it. He creates a, a, a pretty good spin rate with his four-seamer, even though it's not at a high velocity, and it's got some late jump to it. Uh, when the ball is getting into the hitting zone and he gets a lot of outs up there and throwing his curveball kind of off that, uh, you know, that, that look for a hit or two, you know, he pitches up and down very well, a little different than Cole in that he doesn't throw a hundred miles an hour, but he's effective up there. And, you know, since probably since his first three or four starts of the season, he's been as good as anybody in the American league. And boy, it's been a welcome sight for us knowing that we have a guy that goes out there to lead the day lead the way and give us innings and and also give the bullpen a little bit of a rest. Yeah, it just seems so valuable when you do come off like a really tough series like you did against Minnesota. And really, you know, the last couple outings between Mingdon and Bailey, they haven't been able to go deep in games. It's almost like you look at this veteran and go, you have to go deep in this game. Yeah, I mean, you count on one or two guys and, and, you know, he's been that guy for us consistently all year long. And you know, even in an age where you look at the Astros and, and whether it's Verlander or it's Cole, usually it's just six innings and, you know, six innings and right around 100 pitches and you get those guys out and you go to the bullpen. So, um, you know, he's been able to give us a little bit more than that. Sometimes he's given us, you know, seven innings and, you know, obviously in the no hitter gave us a complete game. So, you know, every five days you need you need somebody that's able to do that. Chris Davis has not been able to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He hasn't been the same since he ran into the wall in Pittsburgh. I I know I asked David Force this question. I'll ask you the same question. How much is he just gutting it out right now for his his teammates? 
He is. And, you know, he's starting to get some better swings. He's starting to get after it a little bit more with his swings. And, you know, he's driving in some runs. And I think the next thing that comes is a home run. You know, it's it's so evident and, and everybody sees it so clearly because he's been about as consistent as anybody in baseball. Uh, as far as the power goes in the home runs and you know for a month or so it's it hasn't been there and it shows up because he's been so good but we've had some guys pick him up we've had some guys pick up the slack for him we've won some games and it's not going to be long before he starts hits the ball the ballpark again because he is healthy and once that happens then our offense is going to be obviously a lot better but you know you can't rely on one guy all the time and I think the rest of the guys have been picking up the slack pretty well for him. Ramon Laureano is the American League Player of the Week, and his six-game stretch was just unbelievable, obviously the best in the American League. Are, are, are we starting to see a guy that someday we're going to be calling one of the top players in the game, like a superstar player? I do, and, and you know, we saw it really quickly last year, and a guy that came out of the pack, I don't even know he was considered one of our top prospects. You know, we knew when we got him in the Astros, and as far as the coaching staff goes, when we saw him in spring training, we really knew we had a guy. Unfortunately, he got hit in the hand and hurt and then came to us late in the season last year, and he was really good. And, you know, started out a little bit slow this year because he had to make some adjustments that the league made to him. Uh, but now he's made those adjustments, and you're seeing a guy that's going to be a prominent player, in my opinion. And I think you talk about, you know, top three or four center fielders in, in the American League, and I think he's already one of those guys. You've moved him up in the order. You've moved Chris Davis down. When you go about this every single day, and I'm sure this is something that, like, you think about even when you're going to sleep at night, the construction of a lineup and how you go from one to nine, what is it for you on a daily basis that just kind of picking your brain the decisions that you make to make this lineup every day? Well, you know, it's a little different now because we're starting to get into a a lineup that, for the most part you're seeing every day. And for us over the years, it's been mix and match and playing hot hands and trying to get the guys up there on a particular day that maybe have the best chance against the starter where now we're seeing a little bit more of a consistent lineup and the players like that. They, they like knowing where they're going to hit and, and they like being in there on a consistent basis. So uh, I think it's a little easier on our guys right now. Now, Chris Davis is going to be back in the four hole at some point in time. And then, you know, you'll see Cannon and Loriano a little bit lower. Uh, maybe not Loriano, but, uh, you know, we're just kind of waiting for Chris to get going, and then you'll see the stability of the lineup again. But, it, you know, it's, it takes a lot of communication when talking to the players about the lineup when you do mix and match. Lefty, righty, starter, uh, guys are they're maybe swinging a little bit better. Uh, it takes a little bit more communication as opposed to what we're doing right now where it's basically kind of the same lineup and certainly the same guys one for six. Does the modern day player accept it more when you communicate them, communicate with them about the numbers and why you're doing it versus like years ago players uh, they weren't down for that. Does the modern day player take it better because the numbers are what they are? You know, it's probably a better question for them, but I think so. The more you communicate with them, and, and the way I try to frame it is, look, I'm trying to keep you off your bad matchups. If I can keep you off your bad matchups and put you on your good matchups, the at-bats may be a little bit lower, but the production is going to be just as good and, and fewer at-bats, so it's going to look better average-wise, too. And these guys understand when they go to arbitration, numbers have a lot to do with how they get paid. So uh, that's kind of the way I try to frame it to them, and it's just kind of the business of baseball right now. So 
I think the more you can communicate with these guys, the better that they're able to take it, understand it, and, and able to prepare as well. Bob, we always appreciate the time. Good luck the rest of the series, and we'll see you back here at the Coliseum. My pleasure. Hope to see you soon. Bob Melvin Show brought to you by NestBetting.com. That's NestBetting.com. Of course, the owner of NestBetting.com is a huge A's fan, so always support him. NestBetting.com. Love where you sleep. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.